welcome back to Girl Meets Show, the relationships podcast for people in a relationship with TV. I'm Jordan. I'm Taylor. This week we are going to be talking about the rehearsal on HBO and also Never Have I Ever season three on Netflix, Um, which I'm very excited to talk about both of those things. But first, a lot of TV news happened. We're kind of busting at the seams, honestly. Um, go first, Jordan. Okay, I'm going to combine some of the, the big ones into one because they're all about Yellow Jackets. So they revealed more casting for season two, um, one of whom is Adult Lottie, and it's Simone Kessel, who the only thing I recognized her from was Princess Leia's mom in Obi-Wan Kenobi, the show. Who I loved. Yeah, I was glad to kind of even have that touch point, you know. She's beautiful, and I'd like to see her in what I think might be a scary role. I feel like adult Lottie Mm -hmm. might be scary, so we'll see. And the other one is that Elijah Wood is joining season two. Very excited about that. Um, No idea who he's going to be. Very excited. Extremely intrigued. And yeah. We shall see. Yes. (laughs) Hulu released the poster and release date for the next season of Rami, which is September 30th. And the poster is really cool. And wow, I'm so excited. And I think I need to rewatch it all to get me hyped again because I love that show so much. Well, in season two, that feels like it was a long time ago. Mm hmm. It was a very long time ago. Well, most of our sex education updates have all been bad because some of our favorite characters have left. So this week, it was great news to see that they're adding Dan Levy, our favorite from Schitt's Creek. Yeah, just didn't even know that that was going to be a possibility of someone we love so much to be on the show now. So very excited. Yeah, I love that they just add like a really cool teacher every year. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, totally. I wonder if he'll have the same character arc of like being kind of evil <laughs> or will he get to be I know. just really great and himself, you know? Hmm. I was thinking about it today and I was like, is Sex Education my favorite Netflix original? I'll have to do some more thinking, but it's definitely, hmm. I think it's probably top three. Yeah, probably. I'll be thinking about that. Just a fun little brain teaser. Speaking of Netflix originals, um, it was officially announced that Christine is going to be leaving Selling Sunset. Uh-oh. <laughs> I mean, I knew this was coming, but it shall be really interesting to see where the show goes. Yeah. I Well, I kind of thought it would be like they would have that as the cliffhanger like every year, every season. I mean, like, was Christine going to come back? And then like she always just kind of would. So, mm-hmm. I don't know. Kind of respect, I guess. I think that it's a huge loss for the show. They're going to lose every current storyline. Except for, mm-hmm. they are lucky that Chriselle is, to my knowledge, still dating G-Flip. And I guess, like, Jason, I think, has been quoted that he would love to double date. Because <laughs> he has some new girlfriend. So, it's like, I think that everyone, like, gets along with G-Flip. That could be some interesting storylines with Chriselle. But, like, how long 
how long can they drag that out you know that plot mm-hmm. line yeah and i i do think it's interesting because i'm curious to see what christine does because right now she kind of i mean maybe she'll just kind of fall into the influencer category moving forward mm. but like i kind of wonder if she thinks she's like uh more famous than she actually is but if you remove selling sunset honestly like i guess she she's an influencer but i don't know i think that'll be interesting to see where she goes that's a really good point because she's famous for being a villain on this one show and we already have a lot of like rich people out there <laughs> like <laughs> other than that she's just another rich person yeah but would i watch a christine spinoff i don't know maybe we'll see maybe we'll see they announced i mean they netflix dropped the trailer for the wednesday adams series that's premiering this fall and i thought it looked good i thought it looked pretty fun my only concern is i hope that it doesn't kind of go the what my opinion was kind of ended up being boring the the sabrina netflix original sabrina the teenage witch mm-hmm. um so i hope that this is like quicker and is more fun to watch because i didn't really have a lot of fun watching the sabrina show they made yeah i didn't watch the trailer but i've seen the pictures and yeah i'm still intrigued yeah and i hope it's fun because if it's not fun then what's the point exactly they also released the premiere date of abbott elementary which is going to premiere on september 21st which i'm excited about i feel like that is so soon but i guess i forget that network television just really turns them out you know that factory yeah (laughs) um well my last piece of news is about one of today's shows the rehearsal on hbo it got renewed for a season two i'm very excited i feel like the way that the first season ended it opened some new doors for some like new direction I am hopeful that he will stick with rehearsing different scenarios every episode as opposed to like one long-term rehearsal like it kind of ended up being in the first season. But that's that's my opinion. I I totally agree with that. I We can get into this more, but I do think that the season finale did end off on a good final note for this like particular arc of like Nathan's personal journey with rehearsals. Mm-hmm. And I really would like to see more of like kind of doing rehearsals for clients, like for these one-off mm-hmm. individuals, because I, I really like where the show went, but I had a lot of fun watching those individuals rehearsing these, like um, these one-off scenarios with, and like kind of just like more of those social situations that I really thought was entertaining. Yeah. I completely agree. And on that note, I think you should just give the brief overview of the premise of the rehearsal for anyone who's listening who hasn't watched it. Good idea. We don't need to beat around the bush. Talk around in circles. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> good, good, good idea. Um, basically, the rehearsal is um, Nathan Fielder, who's playing himself. Like he, this is, It's not like a sitcom or anything. It's more like a... Um, 
well it's more like a reality show really and so basically Mm -hmm. the season starts with him helping people act out potentially awkward social situations that they kind of are anxious about and he is his theory is that if you rehearse this as much as possible with as much detail as possible then you can make it not be an awkward situation and so like for example the first episode is a guy who's like been living a kind of a lie with his friends and so but he's really nervous to come clean about it and so nathan like builds an entire set for where this man plans on confessing to his friend and so and it's very entertaining because i feel like it's very very relatable but as you watch it you're kind of you kind of see why it's silly to live your life that way like you need to rehearse and control everything and so I really like well, just anyone idea. anyone who has anxiety or control um control issues i.e. me it's just like so fascinating cuz it's like I already am doing this inside of my brain and so that's like he like took it from inside my brain and then built it and <laughs> put it in real life. Yeah. Which is fascinating and um makes you think a lot. <laughs> it really does because for me I'm the same way where it's like I do like I feel like a lot of things in my life I do script for myself mm-hmm. and if I'm nervous at all um but then when you watch this whole elaborate um like portrayal of that I'm like wow is that like so pathetic <laughs> <laughs> um that like in order to feel safe I have to like have drafts running mm-hmm. you know like and so it's just it's really really interesting but then what's interesting about this show is that it then kind of spirals into Nathan because he himself is obsessed with rehearsing everything in his own life too. And so, um, it just, honestly, I think spirals out of almost out of, out of his own control. And so it's like very, it turns into like a, a character study of himself and, um, it's wild. It's wild stuff. It's very wild. And, um to set up our top three another one of the rehearsals that he does which is the rehearsal that we were kind of talking or beating around the bush earlier um is a rehearsal he does with this I think she's like 40 years old she's a woman who um is not married and wants to raise a child but doesn't know if like she's going to be good at it and wants to rehearse raising this child um so they like have her they move her to this like suburb house in Oregon and then uh have her experience raising a child so like in like a three-month time span she's supposed to like be raising this child from birth to 18 years old so they like switch out the actor for every age in like a certain amount of time so like it's a baby for like a couple weeks and then it's a teenager and then it's a (laughs) older teenager kind of thing (laughs) which in and of itself is hilarious um and nathan gets himself kind of he's very intrigued by this rehearsal and starts involving himself and becomes like a co-parent with this woman her name is angela and so for our top three we decided because we are also women in our 30s who are unmarried and have not had an opportunity to have a child it is fun to think about the idea that we could rehearse 
what it would be like to be mothers and (laughs) um, see if we would still be interested in it or not. So we're going to cast our co-parent, our child, and the house we would want to hold the rehearsal in. I'll go first. Okay. (laughs) I forgot who I I said. (laughs) And I just read it. Oh my gosh. Okay. I actually, I didn't, I'm not choosing this person, but I have to say it because I just made this whole big scene. My first person I put down was Simon from Bridgerton. (laughs) (laughs) The one who doesn't want any children. (laughs) Well, they have a child. Did you just together? try to think of the hottest guy? The hottest guy you could think of. <laughs> he's hot. He's nice. He'd teach me a lot of things. <laughs> anyway, I actually chose Rami, um, Ooh. because I felt like he's someone who could also benefit from this kind of rehearsal, so we could be like learning together. Also, I relate to him a lot, and just think it could be fun. Yeah, that's a good one. And like, I mean, a, a big part of this season is that how um, Angela and Nathan are basically 0% compatible in literally <laughs> any way. And if if I'm imagining rehearsing raising a child, if I was with someone like Angela, like a man version of Angela, I would scream. Like I would run for the hills. I would cancel the whole transaction. But if it's someone like Rami, that would actually probably be fun. Yeah, it'd cute. be fun. Um, I'm trying to decide. Spoiler alert: I did not choose Nathan as my co-parent. <laughs> I don't know if I could co-parent with Nathan Fielder. <laughs> mm, definitely, I would. I would choose him over someone like Angela any day. Obviously, yeah. But honestly, like when he kind of loses the Nathan Fielder stick. And kind of, like, has more real conversations and, like, realizes that he wants to treat it real. I could. I think I could. Yeah. Okay. When he, like, actually laughs yeah. at times, then he's, then it, and he seems like a real person. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. But that is very small <laughs> fraction of the, <laughs> of the time. Yeah. Um, for my child, I was inspired by the child in the rehearsal. He's the one that's like kind of the main child and he uses like till the end because he's so good at acting. And like one of my favorite lines that I want to start using in my everyday life, anytime I have an interaction that I don't like and want to redo, I'm just going to say, you are a great scene partner. (laughs) Because I think it is such a good line. Anyway, that kid inspired my child that I would want to raise, and it's Sam Weir from Freaks and Geeks. Well, that would just be a dream come true. Yeah, he'd be a good be... kid. Oh, yeah. Well, because he's like, he's kind of an anxious kid. Like, he doesn't really want to do anything wrong. Yeah. He's sweet. I relate and so to that him. that would just be nice. Yeah. I don't think I could handle the kid who's overdosing in his room and having a seizure. I'm not ready for that. No, no, no. I would need... It's like in a video game if it's like... You pick like hard or easy. Yeah. Like I would want to do the easy rehearsal for at least first. Yes. Thank you. 
that is just a beautiful family that I'm looking at in my in Thank my head you. right now. Rami Taylor and baby Sam Weir. Thank you very much. Cute. Um, and our house that I would like to do the rehearsal in is the house from Parenthood. I think I've talked about this on the pod before, mm. but that house is just so dreamy and just hang out in that backyard and like live in Berkeley. Sounds fun. It's perfect. That's a girl. Yeah. So Nathan Fielder. I like me. this life. <laughs> the kid that you're talking about, he was good at acting. He was. He was amazing. Great scene partner. <laughs> Okay, my top three, my co-parent that I thought of, I picked Jimmy from Hacks. Ooh. A.K.A. Paul Downs. I think he's he's fun, and he's also, like, a very conscientious guy, you know? Like, he's sensitive, mm-hmm. but he also does have a tough job where he has to, like, make hard decisions and, like, lay down the law, even if the people don't listen to him. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like... I think he would be great partner and father for our fake child, um, Claudia from the Babysitter's Club on Netflix. Mm, perfect. Wow. Dream family. I mean, she's so cute and so creative and like, she needs some help with her homework, <laughs> but we could provide that for her. And um, she's just like very artistic and... That would just be really cute and fun. That would be really cute. Wow, we chose um, really easy kids. Uh, yeah. Well, <laughs> I have. N- I don't want to pick. What, yeah, some of those other problem children from TV shows. Yeah. If we want this to be a, a successful rehearsal, to just even make me think I'm interested in having a child, we gotta go easy first. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Um, that's what they really should actually do. Speed up the process, like the aging process of the kids, but do like three months where one month is like easy dream child. And then the next month is like hard, super rebellious, Mm -hmm. bad kid. And then like the last month is like somewhere in the middle or something. Mm -hmm. Um, and the house that I picked is, um, I picked the house from to all the boys I've loved before. I remember mostly like her bedroom is really fun and cool and it's just another like cool house. I definitely, it's not as like quirky and memorable, I think as the parenthood house, mm-hmm. but I definitely, it's just for some reason popped into my head. And oh yeah. I was, it's like, like dreamy. Yeah, I want to live there. And I feel like they Very, have like, like a open. tree house. Yeah, totally. I love it. I was also thinking about Arrested Development, how they like live in that spec home. And how that would kind of be funny. I mean, that's kind of like spot on, really. (laughs) Um, One of my notes from watching the show, I guess just moving into overall thoughts, was he that Nathan really could have used the cube, the cube, the cube from Made for Love. Yes. That would probably cost way less than how much it costs to build all these sets, which I need to know. HBO needs to release Mm -hmm. the receipts we gotta know how much this show cost but yeah honestly too the whole cube from made for love would actually work very well because you could just like program fake people to rehearse with you too true you don't have to cast all these people like recreating an acting class But that was a rare part of those were some of my favorite parts. Like I loved seeing oh, the yeah. um 
the graduates from the Nathan, Nathan Fielder program or whatever that's called and like the last few episodes the, the fielder method the fielder method yeah yeah and how he like hired them for um the lizard bar is just great mm-hmm. amazing well i really like a show where like every tiny moment counts and it's a very full circle show like that like mm-hmm. You can't like you just have to kind of pay attention and there's little things. Even if I were to rewatch it, like I feel like I've seen people. I saw something on TikTok that was just like a moment of like about one of the background actors in one of his rehearsals that was being really weird, and I was like, I didn't even notice that because mm-hmm. I wasn't looking at all the background actors, you mm-hmm. know. And so that's just one of those things where it's like I would totally rewatch this because I know that I'll pick up new weird little things. Yeah. Totally. I agree. And I mean, it's just wild. I was shocked at how much they were able to pack into six, like 30-ish minute episodes. Yes. Like there's like 300 iconic things I could name off right now that I like love and think about multiple times a day. And Mm -hmm. so it's just like wild. I mean, that's the master class right there. Mm Mm-hmm. Because I feel like that 30 minutes, in a good way, felt like an hour's worth of TV. Not Agreed. in a way that it felt, like, slow, really, and, like, dragging, but in a way that it just felt full and, like, worthwhile. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's also nuts that it's only six episodes. It def- it feels... I feel it, it feels more substantial than that, too. I agree. It's wild. Um, as far as who you would recommend this show to, what would you say? Because I, I have not watched Nathan Fielder's previous other show, Nathan for you. I had watched like one episode. And so I am new to the Nathan Fielder game. I knew like about him, um, but I'm definitely converted and plan to go back now and watch Nathan for you because I'm hooked, but. Hmm. That's a good question. It's weird because. Um, Nathan for you and this, they feel very like niche, mm-hmm. but I actually feel like a lot of people will enjoy this because it's so different from literally the only thing it's similar to is Nathan Fielder's other stuff. Mm-hmm. Cause he's so unique. I feel like since it is so much of a, like a study of people and like almost like humanity, Mm-hmm. That's why I feel like even if you might not usually like kind of an offbeat, weird comedy situation, I feel like you would still relate to what you're watching. Yeah. So I don't, I don't know. Who would you not recommend this to? I guess anyone without a sense of humor. I don't know. It feels like, it does feel like people, almost like I wouldn't recommend this if like, you know, people that only like really straightforward stuff, like. Yeah. I don't think I don't think you're you have bad taste if you watch like just your average sitcom and that's pretty much all you watch. Um I don't know how to say this without sounding like a total snob. <laughs> but like I just feel like maybe this would be tough to get into if you literally don't if you don't watch a lot of like unique shows. Especially yeah. like kind of modern stuff, you know? Mm-hmm. Even when uh, we first started watching it. 
we turned it on and my parents watched it with us and um they like they were like what is this but then later on they were like did you guys keep watching that show without us like are we gonna watch the next episode like they were intrigued mm-hmm. so yeah i mean it's also unique because like I think some people are scared of an HBO show because of content. Mm-hmm. There's nothing bad in this whole series. The most graphic thing is the last scene where you see Nathan's whole butt, which I'm like, no one's talking about this. <laughs> I don't even remember this. Oh my gosh. He's like sitting on the ground with the kid and then they're like, okay, let's go. And they get up and his whole butt, like his pants had like fallen down when he stands up. <laughs> Oh, oh my gosh. I thought you were like saying like he was totally nude. His butt no. crack. Yeah. It's but like, like his more butt than crack. crack. It's like like the top butt. of his cheeks. Oh my gosh. That is so funny because I literally was like, oh, <laughs> but the way you said it, I thought he was like sitting there with his pants off. And I was like, I would remember this, but no, 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 no. You're so right. I don't know if I blocked that out or what, but I'm so glad you brought this up because it's like, it's like when you're in high school and like the boys always wore the saggy pants, you know? And it's like, sometimes you would see butt and it was not sexy. It gives you the immediate ick. I want, I need to ask my sister who. He's wearing like tight briefs. (laughs) I Anyone who's, oh like, attracted gosh. to Nathan Fielder sexually, I'm curious if that gave them the ick or if they were like, I liked it. I need it. I'll have to pull my sister. Well, and I've got to say, I don't necessarily, I was really shocked because, like, <laughs> to me, Nathan doesn't even have a butt. <laughs> but I was like, I don't remember. I didn't, it didn't give me the ick as much as I was just laughing. But I don't know because Nathan has a... There's like fielder sexuals, I feel like. Yes. They are obsessed. My TikTok feed is full of them. <laughs> You're going to get converted. So, although that's why path. I'm almost surprised you got the ink from seeing his butt crack. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> I mean, it's not the most flattering part of a human being's body. No, anyone. It's so funny. But it is so funny because, like, I literally don't know if he intended for that to be in the shot or something (laughs) like did he write this out or does it because it makes it seem so impromptu and not scripted but that's Mm -hmm. like the whole question of the show it's like all wrapped up in this one butt Mm -hmm. crack Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, that's so funny um anything else those are all my notes i didn't even have any notes I literally wrote one, my first note last night, um, just saying that I would love to see a study on all the children who participated in like 20 years. <laughs> I forgot that I did want to bring this up because when I first started watching the show, I did see one review that was like, this is like exploiting peop- the participants. And um, so I was kind of watching it with like a lot of caution. And although there are still things that I'm like, I'm question like um they had to sign waivers to be included into in this project Mm -hmm. and like there's a part where like Nathan Fielder like moves into one of his actors apartments and I'm like they had to get permission for that right like and 
so like well, stuff even like that wasn't that all planned out too like he's like oh we we hired actors to play his roommates like the whole thing is all like under his control right yes but like is that the, the same scenario it's him it's the same scenario but he did not the actor did not know he was moving into his house because he just got the oh, keys and said i'm gonna yeah. pick up your mail and water your plants oh i totally there's just so much to these six episodes that i literally have forgotten so many parts of this yeah there's so many layers wow i do feel like it the way it ended it was like nathan was clearly aware of how this was coming across and like it's i liked it because it kind of showed that like it's hard to really think of how things will actually play out in the end and like the repercussions that will come from people's actions which i think Mm -hmm. was the theme of the whole show so it's kind of cool to see it in such like a roundabout way Mm -hmm. um and he was obviously very aware of how this was affecting the actors and participants so that's why i think it'll be interesting to see what they do on season two well in my thing too because i think i saw some reviews or we talked about that before i started it or something the exploitive factor Mm -hmm. and um i wouldn't necessarily use that i think that is a little harsh of a word to describe it Especially, I think that, like, everyone has to agree to be on camera or else they'll blur your face. That's one thing, you know? Yeah. And I feel like Nathan is the one who comes out of this, I think, not looking the worst, but, like, they're looking the the most vulnerable and, like, ridiculous. Like, I don't think that any of the side people, besides Angela, who has said this week that she likes how she appeared on the show she, and was she edited, quote, unquote. She got a good edit. And I'm just like, huh. So, um, there's that. But, like, no, I don't think that anyone really looks more ridiculous than he ends up. Like, maybe some of those guys that, like, Angela tried to co-parent with at first mm-hmm. came off looking bad. But I don't think I would say they were exploited. Like, they got no. paid. Yeah. Um, and Maybe at times, like, the first episode is still one of my favorites of the season with the guy who's nervous to confront his friend. Mm-hmm. And, like, maybe his friend because they hire an actress to meet up with her and learn all of her mannerisms so that she can play her in the rehearsal and maybe she doesn't come off that flattering like the real friend but then in the end she ends up not looking that bad yeah (laughs) i don't know i just i feel like it's kind of more complicated than just like people were exploited i think that's a little harsh and I mean, now a lot of these characters are making money off of it. Angela is doing cameo. Um, Cheap Chick in the City is still doing her blog and like has posted her Venmo. <laughs> and I know people who have Venmoed her for orange juice and other items. So like, oh my gosh, people are doing fine. Yeah, it's like it's exposure. Yeah, it's it's so interesting. I would really like to hear. Like, I, I just want someone, I mean, maybe someone will someday, like, kind of write up an oral history from everyone involved of the making of this show, <laughs> including a lot of the people. Like, like how did they really respond to a real Craigslist ad about, like, this doing this rehearsal? <laughs> like, it's just, like, I would really like to know that whole process. Did they know who Nathan Fielder was? 
Like if I was working with some guy that was on TV, of co- I would be Googling him. I would be watching his old episodes of his shows, you know, mm-hmm. but they didn't really seem like they did. That. No, they did not. They didn't even seem like the type of people that would probably know him. Yeah. If you, if you saw, if you went into Nate's lizard lounge and you saw him and he walked by and said like, hi, I'm Nate. Would you know immediately that it was Nathan Fielder? Like me, me? Yeah. Or just like rando. No, you, you. I mean, I think I would. I watched Nathan for you. <laughs> I feel like I would be like so confused. Yeah. I mean that you can't, that voice though. <laughs> it's true. The voice. I feel like I would know his voice. <laughs> well, here's a little trivia. There's uh, on Marcel the Shell with Shoes on, the new movie, at the very end, it's like a very, very small part, but there is a shell that Nathan Fielder plays. And my sister was like, that's Nathan Fielder. That's Nathan Fielder. She like immediately <laughs> knew. And then oh my gosh. when the credits rolled, we saw that it was, and she was so proud of herself. So if that's you want to test yourself, go see that movie and see if you know which shell is him. Okay, but. I will. That's, Yeah. Yeah, I think that, like, I really think that anyone could, should try it and just yeah. see what you think. Yeah. It's very, his humor is a very, very dry. Like, the laugh out loud moments are kind of rare because they're usually, it's usually, like, the whole thing is, like, funny, but there's also a darkness to it. And he's so monotone that it adds to the humor, but, like makes it adds adds to the dryness of the humor too like Mm -hmm. it's just i just think he's really unique and no one is doing it like he is (laughs) no one and thank goodness he if people started (laughs) doing that i'd he can be the only one like he has to be unless his the fielder method graduates start doing it i don't know about that but (laughs) Yeah, yeah it's just like it's a ride. And honestly, it's it worth it for the discourse to like discuss it with all of the, with everyone who's been watching it has been my favorite part. And I'm really sad it's over because it's been really fun. <sighs> yeah, it's special. Um, all right. Five stars for the rehearsal. On to uh, Never Have I Ever season three. The second to last season ever of the show um how did you feel about it overall um I really liked it I feel like I feel like never have I ever gets better with every season I agree so I thought it was really funny really fun I was remembering that season one there's a lot that's really sad and it was all good and important like for character growth but I I really like where the characters are in season three it's yeah. like kind of more fun to watch. I agree. I had a blast watching it and I feel like I feel like I enjoyed season 3 the best. But yeah, I feel like I say that every season. So it's kind of hard to compare. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um and every season I'm just like so shocked and in awe that they're still able to like make it relate personally to me when it's like a show that I have no like nothing in common with the main character at all. And I just think that that is a really special thing that they've been able to do. Yeah. I don't, I don't have any complaints. Well, 
<laughs> no, I don't have any. Com- I really don't have any complaints. I was going to say, um, I I just I don't know how I feel about the ending of the season. I feel I knew it was coming. Oh, um, yeah. Maybe we should just do baby spoilers right now. Let's do it. I mean, you know that once Ben gives her a note that says one free boink. It's like, oh, well, it's obviously this somehow the season's ending like that. Yeah. But I really like them just as platonic friends, even though I think when it comes down to it, if the options are Paxton or Ben, I would choose Ben. I agree. But I still felt conflicted. I just feel like we haven't seen enough change in Ben yet. He's still an asshole. Sorry for my wording, and I couldn't think of a better word. Pardon and- my French. <laughs> <laughs> it was that or douchebag, and I honestly hate that word. So, like, he has there's not. There's not a lot of good words because to describe how he is. No, and like Dick. Yeah, that's a good one. Like he did one good thing. By, like, telling her about the conversation he overheard of her boyfriend her at the time and his mom. But, like, he still was, like, so mean to his ex-girlfriend and, like, yes. still has had a really hard time actually, like, saying what he's feeling. And, like, I just would have really liked to see more of that play out and see his, like, um his cycle kind of even out a little bit before yeah getting rewarded I agree. I think season four, Ben, could be really great. Yeah, that's true. I think season three, you're right. He's like, he was kind of learning how to be a good friend to Davey. Mm-hmm. Um, but he was, yeah, you're right. He's still a bad boyfriend. And yeah. um, and I think part of his personality is like kind of uppity, like intelligence snob, you know? And, like, it's kind of hard for me to imagine him without that. Like, he's like, oh, I'm an artist now. And I was like, okay, um, cool, whatever. <laughs> but, yeah, like, I still overall prefer him for Davey v- compared to Paxton. Even though I do like Paxton. And I really like where Paxton and Davey have ended up. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. I actually really liked team new boyfriend, uh, Dez. I I was upset with the mom situation. And I think it was realistic that the, that he's a teenage boy. Like, I think he would probably be like, well, like I have to listen to my mom or whatever and mm-hmm. be kind of jerky about it. But I wouldn't be, so, I wouldn't be upset if he comes back in season four and there's kind of a new competition between like him and Ben or something. I don't know. Cause I actually thought he was really cute and I, I liked Davy and her mom getting along so well and her getting to be open with her mom about who she's dating and stuff. Like I, I liked that a lot. I like that too. And that was one of my main questions of the show was where was his dad? Did they ever say? I feel like I feel like his mom was a single mom. Mm-hmm. I feel like if if he had died, they would have like bonded over that, so I figured he didn't die. But even then, I feel like if if her his mom was a single mom they still would have bonded over the fact that they didn't have like father figures and because that never really came up I was kind of surprised and confused as to where the dad was but maybe that's Mm, me getting hung up on something that doesn't matter but I kind of thought that's why the moms became friends at the beginning but then I was like no 
I do feel like I don't think that's nitpicky at all. I think that is a important plot point because I think for sure she's not a widow because then I think she would have been more sympathetic to Davy. Yeah, but I don't. I I don't know because I feel well. Yeah, I, I don't know. Might need to. I might need to look that up. Okay, let me know what you find. And glad um, you don't know also because I was worried I had just like missed it. No, I feel like I even. Maybe maybe it's like one throwaway comment, but I don't remember it at all. The answer. Um, how did you feel about Reese Witherspoon's son's acting debut that I didn't realize he was even in this season until afterwards? I was like, that was him. <laughs> he was so bad. He was so oh. bad. I had seen an article that talked about how he was in it and how Mindy gave him like his first acting gig. But yeah, I was disappointed in him. Yeah, he was he didn't he didn't inherit his parents acting skills. <laughs> Not yet. I was least. just trying to remember where I saw Ryan Felipe or Philippi as I learned from the last show I saw him on. I love that for you. Mhm. And I was like, wow, he was actually funny in that. <laughs> Playing himself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, overall, even though Reese Witherspoon's son wasn't that good at all. Great season. Great season. Excited for it to close. I'm I'm excited to see how they end it. I part of me was a little sad that it would be good for Davy's future if she went to that other that feel goodery mountain Colorado high school or whatever that was with the non John Bernthal teacher. We could have sworn on both of our lives that that was John Bernthal. And I haven't seen any clues that it is. I'm 99% sure it's not. But yeah, I haven't figured out who he his what his name actually is to see mm-hmm. if he if comes out as John Bernthal. Yeah. <laughs> on the weekends. <laughs> if it comes out that it was him, you heard it here first and you someone did. owes us a million dollars. Someone someone <laughs> i don't know who yet oh i did i found who it is on imdb fernando rivera and mm. his he looks exactly like him just like slightly different like he should be his stunt double or something I'm glad we found that and could close that case me too except there goes my million dollars but whatever we'll find other ways it's all good Okay, who's your crush of the week? Hmm. You know what? I've got to go with a really time-tested crush. And it's Utkarsh Ambukar, who play. He's barely in this season, but I love when he shows up. He, I love that he's, like, always in Mindy's stuff after being her brother on Mindy Project. It's, like, mm-hmm. really cute. And he's just hot. And he's just, like, this, like cutie english teacher and i just i just love when he pops up in everything yeah he's great i do too and yeah i i just i love when there are people that are always in each other's stuff like that i just think it's yeah it's really great um my crush of the week i can't believe i didn't talk about this during news i meant to but house of the dragon premiered this weekend 
And I meant to have a little House of Dragon corner with you, Jordan, so that we could discuss <laughs> queen's, our-, our Queen's Landing. <laughs> yes. Um, we will discuss our that. first feelings. So we can do that now. But yeah, actually, let's just do it. My crush is Fabian Frankel, who plays Sir Kristen Cole, who's like barely in this episode, but was a big so standout hot, to though. me because he was the hottest man in the whole show because there are no other attractive men, which is my only my main complaint so far. I mean, maybe they look at his like truly perfect face and they're like, he makes up for all of this. Like he's like <laughs> so hot that he is worth like five other hot actors or something, but mm-hmm. just truly like st- supermodel status. Very supermodel status, and yeah, I'm intrigued to see if we get to meet any other hotties on the show, because all the women are stunning. Every single woman is mm-hmm. the most beautiful woman I've ever seen in my whole life, and then all the men are uggos, and I'm confused. <laughs> well, they're like, <laughs> they're like, um, a lot of them are like kind of old. Yeah, is kind of and like was- the unfair thing. And Matt, to- I, Matt Smith doesn't do it for me. So there you go. Yeah. I was talking to Jordan earlier today and I was wondering if like the executives or whoever cast this show, if they're like expecting that people will have the hots for Matt Smith or not. I'm curious to know because not me. But I'm trying to think if I've, I think there might be people that do think he's hot. I think like, um, I don't it's different but like kind of like a Benedict Cumberbatch kind of thing like a really <laughs> interesting face yeah um that can kind of go either way depending on their hair and unfortunately this is not a good look for Matt Smith the tar- traditional tar- Targaryen hair very Legolas vibes yeah. but I mean Orlando Bloom's like the only guy I've seen pull off <laughs> platinum long perfectly straight hair with braids you know like it's just not a flattering look typically he did it so well though yeah i mean you you can't go below the blueprint he's the blueprint (laughs) um overall quickly my feelings on the first episode were i thought it was really good i was very impressed and especially for a pilot episode of a show where there's like a lot of setup they have to do. I felt like they did the setup really well and actually it didn't take a lot of time. Granted, I'm Mm -hmm. curious if someone were to start watching this without having watched Game of Thrones, how they would feel that they like understand all of it. Because to me, it's like, I felt like I was pretty on top of everything pretty quick, which I did not feel like Mm -hmm. that with Game of Thrones. So um, yeah, I'm excited to see where it goes, but also a little bit scared. Yeah, I um I think I think you could pick it up even if you never watched Game of Thrones. I wonder if you would even be interested at all if you never watched Game of Thrones. My dad and was asking like if he should and I was like, mm. <laughs> well, that's a whole other story, <laughs> but if he, he um could get past a lot of things in it, I think <laughs> I think anyone could watch it because it, so much of it is just like the typical royalty story of like who's the heir to the throne, you know? Yeah. So I feel like you could, I don't think necessarily like, cause like we watched Game of Thrones and it's not like we needed the backstory of like the books to really yeah. understand character motivation. I think it's a bonus and I bet mm-hmm. that's kind of how this new one, 
I guess we'll see. This was only episode one. So maybe there will be things that are like, oh, you to really get this, you do kind of have need to watch the whole show or something. I don't know. Technically, this is a prequel. So like you really shouldn't. But yeah, I think it's just like fun if you do, I guess. Like the little like seeing a Stark again and like hearing them talk about places that we know already was just kind of fun. Mm -hmm. Well, in like kind of comparing how it's like, they have like a bunch of dragons and in the the original game of thrones people like don't even really believe dragons are real stuff like little things like that but it's like you probably you won't be like fully lost i yeah. think but yeah i also thought it was good something i've been thinking about like um the new lord of the rings show for example I'm like, I love Lord of the Rings, but am I that excited about a new Lord of the Rings show that ha- doesn't have the characters that I love that are kind of like the reason why I love Lord of the Rings? And so with this, I kind of was wondering, like, will it I be as into it without all these characters that I grew to know and love, too? And mm-hmm. I did really enjoy it. And so it kind of I guess that kind of makes me more optimistic for the Lord of the Rings show, too. Yeah, it'll be interesting to kind of compare these. Mm-hmm. I know because it's like I mean I just did it everyone's kind of doing it Mm-hmm. because they're both just like I mean one's even more fantasy I guess but they're both kind of like that medieval vibe yeah and I think that the Lord of the Rings is dropping in like a week or two so yeah I wonder if they're all mad <laughs> that it's like all <laughs> dropping around the same time but they had to know yeah all right. Well, I doubt we'll do that every week, but we'll be sure to talk about the show when it finishes. Yeah. Who knows? Definitely. We also didn't think we'd do that with Game of Thrones, and then we did. So. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, there you have it. The rehearsal. Our new brand. <laughs> our new <laughs> personality. Um, And Never Have I Ever, our... We always love it. Thank you, Mindy Kaling. And we next week we're watching A League of Our Own, the new TV series on Amazon. So watch with us. Watch along if you'd like. <laughs> Thank you for listening. Bye. Bye. Bye.